0: The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan has moved into the big blue building on Highway 16 West, formerly known as
1: Border City RV. Shop in comfort with over 100 new and pre-owned vehicles all inside our giant showroom. This is the largest and the longest indoor sale in the history of the Border City. Sales and service all under one big room. Come check out the massive savings in this massive building. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, now in the big blue building on Highway 16 West. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We won't sell you a car. We'll help you buy
0: one. Local people. Local news and events. Local sports. Local matters. For all things Lloydminster and area, this is live
1: with Kurt Price. Welcome to the Lloydminster Exhibition, the new Lloydminster Nissan Exhibition Grill here at the Lloydminster Exhibition. My name is Kurt Price, of course, and we are excited to be here with you, and the new Lloydminster Nissan is excited to be indoors, now in the big blue building on Highway 16 West, and excited because it's going to get cold. If you look at the forecast, uh, it certainly looks like the temperature is going to drop to around minus uh, 25 uh, next week, and uh, highs around there as well. So, going to get a little colder we've had it nice but uh, it always catches up with you at some point well you can catch up with the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan and the big blue building on highway 16 west with over a hundred new and pre-owned vehicles under the roof come see us right now because in January you get free tires with the purchase of your vehicle and that's free tires for life Once again, we're in the big blue building on Highway 16 West. Superior Water is proud to provide you with the purest drinking water possible. I drink it because I like the taste, and I believe it is superior to anyone else's water. I think it's the best water in Lloydminster, and at just $3 a jug, you get a consistent taste. And uh, don't forget, the ice for that Crown Royal is just $2 a bag. Took advantage of that over Christmas, I can tell you that. Uh, Two locations in Lloydminster. Visit them beside Sheepskin Loft on 57th Avenue. And if you need help carrying out those blue jugs, you won't have to have to ask for it. They also have a coin-operated location for do-it-yourselfers uh, just off Highway 17 South by seven eleven. It's Superior Water. Water is what they do, and they do it well. Well, let's uh, really kick off today with the Loymister Exhibition's Chase the H, which was uh, not won last night and is now Around sixty-six thousand dollars, with the next draw coming up Wednesday night here at the Lloyd X at seven thirty. Thirty-five cards now remain in the deck, and tickets once again are just ten dollars a piece, three for twenty-five, eight for fifty, or twenty-four hundred. And getting those tickets is super easy. You can stop in at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition. You can e-transfer, and if you want the details on how to e-transfer, all you have to do is go to LloydX.com, and if you're there and you want to use your credit card, you can purchase tickets that way as well. The deadline to get your tickets for the 50th anniversary of the Ukrainian Cultural Association's Milanka Dancers Dine and Dance is this Saturday. Uh, get tickets in Mary Brown's for next Saturday night's party, which Amanda Graff tells us is going to be worthy of an organization looking back on 50 fantastic years. Get your tickets ASAP. Once again, those are only available until Saturday. The Lloyd Mr. Gun and Outdoor Sportsman show is January 20th and 21st at the Service Sports Centre. Uh, Saturday the show runs from 10 to 5 and uh, Sunday 10 to 3. The cost is $10 with kids 12 and under for free. Uh, there will be over 230 tables to browse and that is sponsored by the Lloyd Mr. Fish and Game Association. And it's a big month for the Lloyd Mr. Fish and Game Association. They also have their Family Wildlife and Awards Banquet coming up on Saturday, January 20th. Twenty seventh, And along with a great meal, which features food that you won't get anywhere else, they also have some uh, fantastic entertainment. A magician that has often been seen on uh, television, Magic Ben, is going to be performing this year. And tickets are only $50 each, and they're only available until January 23rd by visiting Wildside Outdoors. Or you can call Dwayne at 780-808-6420. Uh, we're looking forward to that one. I, along with uh, Heather Clegg, will be your MC for that. And speaking of being the MCs, we're also the MCs for the Lloyd Mr. Kinsman and Canets Telemiracle Steak Night in support of Telemiracle 48. Uh, This year, it features a great supper and Bud's Busted Nine Irons. And tickets are $60. And we look forward to seeing you out for a fantastic steak supper and a really great auction and a fun dance with Bud's Busted Nine Irons. If you want tickets, you can uh, find any Kinsman member or you can call Matt at 587-217-5067. Sanovus and the Lloydminster Regional Health Foundation present Strength in Unity. Uh, Jody Carrington and Ty Smith are going to be in Lloydminster next Saturday, January the 13th, for two shows at the Gold Doors Casino. Yeah, that is next Saturday already. Doing the math there. Tickets are $75 each, and those are available at lrhf.ca slash events. And Cat uh, Paul are going to join us on Saturday to tell us the details on that one. Uh, tickets are available now for the Marwayne Community Playground Association's comedy night. It features Kelly Taylor. Kelly's going to be in Marwayne Saturday, February tenth. Uh, he is hilarious. Puts on a fantastic show. Supper at eight, and the sh- uh, supper at six, and the show at eight. Uh, tickets available also on Eventbrite.ca, and the night is also going to feature a fun dance. Uh, BioClean Disaster Services uh, has. Um, sponsored the pool here in Lloydminster, and uh, they're having something really, really fun coming up with swimming and snowflakes. And when you find BioClean Disaster Services, when you see them, you see them all around uh, Lloydminster. Uh, Their commitment is to you and your family, and to this community, I would say, as well, because they do a great job supporting it. But if you suffer damage from wind, fire, flood... Brings a lot of stress into your life and a lot of stress and disrupts family uh, living as well. And that's what BioClean Disaster Services cares about. Yes, they take care of your property. That's, of course, they do. They take care of your possessions. Yes. But they know that your prized possession is your family. And that's what comes first. And getting you back to where you were before the disaster is what their goal is. Once again, they are local. They serve Lloydminster, Wainwright, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and host entire surrounding area. And they take a lot of pride in that as they should bioclean disaster services their focus is truly on taking care of you and your family call one 246 8326 well Becky Shilley is here and we're going to be talking about home base Lloydminster which is a program that we have had several people come on our show and mention so today uh, Becky's going to uh, fill us in on what home base Lloydminster is and how it is Helping to shelter those on the streets of Lloydminster. We'll have that in just a moment.
2: At Lloydminster and District Co op, membership matters more. Because being part of a co op means you're connected to something bigger than yourself. From long held legacy by those who built our communities to people you call family, friends, and neighbors. When you're a Lloyd Co op member, you're an owner in a local business that prides itself on purpose alongside profit. You earn cash back, you help support causes that matter most, and you're building a better way of life for the next generation.
0: Membership matters more. I'm Brian Zinchuk of PipelineOnline.ca. I
1: used to be a Pipeliner, and I've spent the last 15 years reporting on energy in Saskatchewan. PipelineOnline.ca provides comprehensive coverage of light oil, Heavy oil, lithium, helium, power production including coal, wind, solar, geothermal, natural gas, and nuclear.
0: There's a lot happening in Saskatchewan's energy sector, and Pipeline Online is there for all of it. No one else comes even close. It's more than just taxes at LNA CPA assurance, accounting, retirement planning, estate planning, business consulting financial consulting, farm program support, and bookkeeping. But yes, there is always taxes. The team at LNA CPA is committed to helping you achieve your best results and will be there to assist you every step of the way. LNA CPA, with offices in Provost, Vermillion, and Lloyd Minster. At Jason Arden & Associates Cooperators, we're proud to be a top rated local insurance company that offers flexible solutions and expert advice
1: for all your insurance and investment needs. We'll work with you to tailor your insurance specific to your needs, and we offer investment advice that always puts you first. At Cooperators, one of our core values is to support the communities we live in. When you support Jason Arden & Associates Cooperators, you are supporting local nonprofits and initiatives. Since 2020, we have donated 60,000 to local nonprofits, youth sponsorships, and various special projects. When was the last time your insurance company did that?
0: How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years.
1: We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. Welcome back, Lloydminster Exhibition and the new Lloydminster Nissan Exhibition Grow, which, by the way, is closed till January the uh, 24th. Uh, Becky Shilly is the uh, uh, Chief Executive Officer with the Olive Tree here in Lloydminster, and uh, we've had several people come on the show and uh, talk about home base Lloydminster. Nobody really explains it to us, <laughs> but they know it's a good thing, and they say it's getting results, mm-hmm. and they've... I mean, we had Colleen on yesterday, and, and she mentioned and we were we were excited when we could say oh Becky's coming tomorrow yeah. to kind of explain it uh, to us so thank you for giving up some time to come talk thanks to us thanks for
0: having us yeah
1: so home base uh, Lloydminster this is a program Yeah. am i yeah. saying that right program
2: yeah for sure yeah it's a program currently operating under the olive tree so home base is a housing first initiative and housing first just means um, rapidly housing people that are experiencing homelessness Um, Without readiness so before we kind of had this belief that people had to deal with um, Addiction issues or financial issues or mental health or whatever whatever circumstances brought them to where they are Before they were ready for housing, but housing first is just the opposite We think that in order for people to make drastic changes in their lives. They need to first have a safe place to live
1: Okay, this is a new program. When did you start it?
2: Uh, In August kind of
1: around that time no I'm not saying homelessness has never has is a new thing by far like we've like it's been around forever yeah but it just seems like it has increased since COVID would you agree with that
2: yeah I'm we're still waiting on all the stats for sure we've seen it more in Lloyd I remember growing up in Lloyd and I won't tell you what era that was but um, when I was in high school there were homeless people that lived on the golf course so it is something that's always kind of been around definitely we're seeing more of it now due to a variety of complex uh, circumstances and situations but I think definitely we've become more aware of it I think it's become more of a conversation you know at coffee tables or um, definitely in our line of work so Yeah, it's definitely something that um, I think as a community, we're agreeing that needs to be dealt with and we need to do something that's different than what we've been doing.
1: So the Olive Tree, how did it get involved with, hey, we want to get into sheltering people? Is this something Olive Tree has always been trying to do because I know it's Mm -hmm. I know it's feeding I know the olive tree feeds a lot of people in our community Mm -hmm. but is this a new initiative for the olive tree
2: it is a new initiative Um, typically when we have a new idea I've had a slower weekend (laughs) (laughs) and uh, usually I get into some research or reading or like what the issues are and that's kind of how this started in the spring I had a slower weekend at home and so I got Uh, into some new reading. Um, The one book that really just you know made this something that we needed to do was San Francisco. It's a great book um, about homelessness basically in California and how they're um, what's brought them to where they are and where they're failing and where they need to go. It's a really great book if anyone wants to kind of educate themselves on why we are where we are but yeah I brought it to the board uh, I think mid-spring and just said you know I think this is something that we need to dive into so We definitely don't want to become a shelter or that sort of thing, but kind of what our role is, is facilitating people through the red tape, through the bureaucracy, through the, you know, what can be really daunting and overwhelming for a lot of people through the processes so that they can access funding and housing and education or employment or whatever it is that they need.
1: So were you approached by anybody or you just said, this is something, we're seeing it more and more um, like, I know downtown is concerned about it, I know mm-hmm. the city's concerned about it, I know the provinces. everybody's concerned about this. Did somebody approach you or you saw this for yourself and went, we need to try to do something, I'm gonna do some research?
2: Yeah, we weren't at, formally asked by anyone to, you know, get involved. Um, I'm a fixer by nature and so oftentimes I'll sit with something for a while and I sit on the dark and I yep. sit on the leadership table with the city and all these things so in all those conversations and um, the great thing about sitting on all these committees is I get to see all the different perspectives so I sit on the dark so I listen to the downtown businesses and community members and their complaints and their concerns and I also sit on the leadership team for um, social services kind of in Lloyd and so when you get to see both sides Um, what I like to see is solutions that benefit everybody. So the people that need the services but also the community and the people offering the services. So that's a challenge that I just really like.
1: Okay so you kind of gave us a, a little bit of a heads up when you said okay usually people will get over an addiction and then they'll get them into housing mm-hmm. and it's reversed that way. Mm-hmm. Is that the core of Home Base? Can you take us through like the core of what Home Base does?
2: Absolutely. So housing first, the goal is to take people experiencing homelessness, especially chronic homelessness, and usually those are people suffering from trimorbidity, um, which means, you know, it's not just poverty or it's not just mental health or it's not just addictions. It's all of them or a lot of them all together. So it's complicated and it's hard, harder to find the proper housing for them. Um, so getting them into those uh, into a safe place to stay and then wraparound services you can't just house someone and say you know there you go good luck pat on the back
1: you gotta pay taxes you gotta pay this yeah. <laughs> here's your, your electric bill will come
2: yeah and so these, um, these
1: people don't even have IDs
2: yeah oh there's it, I mean the complexities of yeah. homelessness are, are we would need many hours to go through it all but um, our goal is always um, community so our guests or our clients, however you want to refer to them, I can, they're like our family. And so once someone joins our program, until they're sick of us, they're ours. And so it's friendship, it's mentorship, it's you know preventing isolation, it's helping them get through physical health issues, mental health issues, addiction issues. But it, sometimes you just need to walk with people. We have lots of people that uh, feel intimidated to go to a doctor or to get their taxes done or you know simple things like that. Lloyd Minster is complicated because we're bi-provincial, so a lot of times what would be easy in another city um, is ten times as hard here because maybe they're living in Saskatchewan, but we find them a great place on the Alberta side. What does that mean? Usually it's very layered and complicated. So we walk with our guests, we find out what their goals are, what do they want for their life, and we help them pursue that. You know our version of normal or our version of success is completely different from the next person and it should be what they want and what their goals are and we just help them to achieve that.
1: Who do you work with like who do you, like who are your partners like Residence Recovery is one that's been mentioned.
2: Yeah so they sit at our table so um, like I said the olive tree it's is under our umbrella right now because it needed to start so we're just kind of the instigator, I guess, of the program, but um, Residence and Recovery sits at our tables, Saskatchewan Mental Health, um, Gina Nelson with the Public School Division. Um, those are formally we meet every month to go over. Um, the highest need clients, for example, it's not first come, first serve, it's best fit or highest need, and so we all kind of agree on who we're all gonna uh, uh, put at the top of the Obviously list. Obviously, if you have children. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, or we have some people that are very ill um, potentially dying and so those people would be higher on the list than the next person or um, if they're literally living on the street a lot of people that are experiencing homelessness might not be actually living outside but staying on a friend's couch or or variety in a hotel a variety of different things so um, yeah but we work with everybody in the network and and try to um, work together uh, because the best solutions always come when we're working on it as a team
1: so um how, how do you do this? How do you, how do you shelter someone? Like yeah. where, like you go out and you find a, a home or an yeah. apartment? Or are they all homes? Are they all apartments? What, what? A
2: variety. Yeah. So, our, one of our biggest concerns was finding landlords. We knew that was going to be a thing, and that's a concern. And you know what? It's business, and it should be. And uh, but we've had great success with Lloyd Region Housing Group. They've been just incredible um, partners with us for this. Um, Métis housing has been wonderful but we also have typical commercial um, contracts and a lot of the landlords uh, love having us involved because we're another person and so as soon as someone's in our program and we have them housed we go visit them every week for an hour in their unit so we get to have a conversation how's it going make sure that maybe if hoarding's an issue that that's not becoming an issue we take them food hampers every other week um just kind of stay really involved and connected in their lives so um yeah i don't know if that answers it, like it, it it does it does <laughs> we kind of have people everywhere inclusion means that people are everywhere in the community so i am not a fan of you know building a mega tower and putting all the same kind of people in one area, that's that's not how you solve problems. Everyone should be included everywhere and they just have to um, obey the rules of the building, whatever that may be, pay their rent and be good tenants and neighbours.
1: Yeah. They tried that in Saskatoon with, with something called the lighthouse, I think. It, everybody was, it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, well, Jan
2: and I have done lots of work. Um, we went to LA in 2018 and we volunteered with the Dream Center and we went to Skid Row and we went to a lot of those areas and fed people and did work. And that's what everyone's finding. That doesn't that work. That doesn't work. And it's, it's yeah. not inclusion.
1: How do you find the people? Like you say, there's people that are living on people's couches. There's obviously encampments that we've seen in Lloyd Minster. Um, how do you find them? And do, like, I, I imagine you, you face some resistance sometimes.
2: Yeah, but those people aren't ready yet. And um, I'm just, I'm a big fan of free will. And so we are here and we'll offer you all the support and the services that you need to achieve your goals. But if you're not ready yet, that's okay. We're still here and we're we're ready to help you when you choose that. Um,
1: Are most people ready? Like are they trying?
2: yeah I think so I think and I mean I don't say that like as a in a negative way I think that if you've suffered a lot of trauma in your life and you have let's say addiction issues mental health issues whatever self-esteem is a huge issue and are you worthy of a better life or can you handle responsibilities that come with a better life there's a lot of um, it's a lot more complicated than than people think and you know sometimes you watch social media to whatever and you read all the comments and I just would wish for people to understand how complicated it is and it's not like people making a decision to choose this or choose that and we get to hear their stories and and they become a part of our family and so I have so much compassion for them
1: that's gotta be that's I can't imagine because because everybody, nobody wants to be homeless. Let's put it that way. No. Like nobody wants to, to, to be homeless at some point, which homelessness can lead to other things as well. But I find it fascinating that you you take somebody who's, who is ready to come off the street and then give them a house and then they start working on their drug addiction mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Is that, and you help with that. That's with, the hope. Like, but what, like, is your job just strictly, we're, we're going to find you, we got you home now and we'll find you somebody to help with your drug addiction or, or find like find them a job
2: yeah best suit for the situation that's a wonderful thing all people are different and so all solutions are different and so if we get someone hooked up with let's say the Salvation Army Food Bank for extra support and residents in recovery for some treatment or Saskatchewan Mental Health or whatever we, they're still mine so we're we'll still go every week and have our hour with them because they're our friends and they're our family and so we're gonna continue to support them through that but if they choose to um, if they're not ready yet to deal with their addiction issues that's okay they're still in our program and we're still housing them and sometimes it just takes a while for them to um, recognize that they can have more in life
1: when we've had guests on they've said you should talk to becky because home base is working Mm -hmm. tell us about how it has what you've done so far
2: Yeah, so we have 15 currently housed in different units around the city. We've had two grads, which is new. So one found employment in Fort Mac and so moved away. And the other is in an uh, outpatient treatment program and housed and doing great on his own. So 17 altogether successes. Although we don't uh, we don't track numbers because that's an easy way to get defeated. We've been lucky so far. We will lose some. in, you know Finland's had great success there's been lots of great successes in the States it's about an 85% success rate but you do definitely have some that that can't um, that aren't ready to succeed yet um, a lot of times it's not getting them housed at the prop is the problem it's keeping them there and it's usually about 30 days in to 90 days in where they start to struggle and I think when you've been in that fight or flight and that survival mode for so long, and all of a sudden you have that safe place and you have food in your fridge and you have all those supports, now you have to start dealing with what has my life looked like or what am I ashamed <coughs> of or, you know, the enormity sometimes of all the things that you want to be different can stress people out and then they start to fail. So,
1: um, just looking at this from the outside, I can't, Im- I, and I know there's people who are going to, What is the cost of this how are you able to afford this how like what is the cost and and what do you need
2: uh well the joy of living in canada is it's is um the government i thought you were
1: gonna say the weather
2: yeah (laughs) you'd be wrong (laughs) yeah um there are supports for almost all people in almost all situations so sometimes we have to provide temporary funding for example for Uh, damage deposits or first month's rent that Mm -hmm. sort of thing very seldomly most of the time we're able to access other programs or disability or social assistance or child whatever the scenario is and they pay for their own rents but it's navigating those systems what that's overwhelming for people and yes the end game is employment and um, uh, self-sufficiency but
1: and self-esteem
2: but some people will never be that and we have to all be okay with that. Some people lack the capacity to have a to have a job, and that's okay. But how can we make their lives better, which in turn makes the community better, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, the costs. I mean, we're looking at doing some bigger things. Um, so we'll talk more about that when we know more about that. But um, the cost is outreach workers. I mean, you need people to love people. When uh, Jana and I were in Skid Row, and I mean, like that took my breath away and I can talk a lot, but I was silent there. Like you can't be in that and even come up with the words of how it's like acceptable that people live like that. It was horrible actually. And so we were talking to one of their outreach workers after and I just said like, "How how do you deal with this? Like, where do you start? And he said the same thing, and he said it's people. You need people that can love people and hear their stories, hear their trauma, find out what their goals are, and then walk with them in the journey. And so for us, it's outreach workers. That's, that's the big thing for us. Other things more simple are like, we need beds all the time. When we put someone into a unit, we furnish it, uh, fill the pantry, that sort of thing. So we're always short on beds. And any other sort of necessities that you'd think of um, personal hygiene items socks the normal stuff we definitely need all that as well
1: You, you said something about you know it's the after the 30 days the the 90 days what's the reaction to to clients when they first you bring them in and you say this is whether it's apartment or house this is where you're gonna live what like do they like do they believe it
2: Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. I watched a great um, TED Talk from Finland, and the one gentleman was giving this, telling this great story about this lady that they had housed, and uh, she was an older lady and had been homeless for a very, very long time. And the first, I think, few weeks, she wouldn't even sleep in the bed. She put all of her items on the bed. Actually, I think in the first week, she slept outside by the dumpster in the back. She just could not... She didn't want to get comfortable in this space because she thought she'd lose it again. Right. And so she didn't want um, to miss it. And so, and th- the whole story is very successful and she's been there for a long time now, but he just said he learned so much from watching her and how hard it was for her to just relax in that space. And so we get some of that for sure. Most of what we get is just really appreciative. Like, wow, like I didn't realize it could be this good. Or right you know, thank you for just supporting. So isolation is a huge, huge part of what we do.
1: That's what I, like, is there a lot of kids?
2: Uh, We haven't housed, oh no, that's not true. We have a couple kids, but not large families. Those are typically um, more social services or um, kind of under their umbrella. We seem to be dealing with more, I think it's because we have the soup kitchen, our free community meals, but our client base seems to be more of the single adults that's what we've housed the majority of.
1: Well and loneliness must come into this at some point as well.
2: Absolutely. I mean their
1: friends are would, would be people who are living on the streets with them. Yeah. Wouldn't they? Yeah and, and a
2: lot are estranged from their families for a variety of reasons and so that their network are the people that yeah. are struggling in the same ways that they are.
1: Is, is that an issue for home base to you know you have somebody who's not ready but he's got a oh, I got a buddy with a place to sleep mm-hmm. now has that become Yeah,
2: one of the the most common reasons that people get evicted is for moving other people in.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And that's why as visiting every week and spending that time with them is so important and just, you know, reminding them that they have to honor the terms of their lease agreement and those right. things. But you can also understand why they do it. I mean, yep. if you're on the street, you have your friends that keep you safe and you do stuff, you know, you're very very close. I
1: totally understand. And then that. if you
2: get a unit and they don't yeah, it'd be a very tricky place to be.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Friends are friends. Yeah. Like, um, how has the support from municipal, uh, political, uh, provincial, and federal government been?
2: Well, we haven't been in operation very long. Um, we Olive Tree typically we just run ahead. <laughs> so when we see a need somewhere, we're like, okay, we'll just do that. <laughs> we'll figure out the logistics. It's work for you. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it stresses my staff out. Um, But I mean, the city has been great. Um, I talk to them all the time. And I mean, um, I'm not even just meaning financially uh, supportive, but like working together and coming up with solutions and advocating for us uh, to the provinces. And um, I feel very supported by the city. Um, Provinces, same thing. I've had lots of conversations with them and we're working on some new grant applications now that the Christmas season is over. but, yeah, I mean, I think I, my simple way of looking at complex issues is always the solutions are the small things. And so if everyone in our community um, just understood homelessness a little bit better or had a little bit more compassion for the complex issues that bring people to this and just did one random act of kindness, and I know it sounds cheesy almost, but if we all just did a little tiny bit, we would make such a big difference in the world. And um, so that's how we, we try to do everything. And so how can you support Homebase or how can you support residents in Recovery or you know, all the other groups that are working so hard at this? Mm-hmm. Make a donation, go and volunteer. If you have some things in your house that you don't need anymore, donate them. Those little things all add up and help us to do what we're doing.
1: You mentioned the world. This is a world problem. This is a global problem. This has become a huge thing in Canada. We see what's happening in in Edmonton downtown, Mm in Saskatoon, in Vancouver, everywhere. What's this program? Why isn't it being done in other places? Or is it?
2: It is, yeah. Uh, Housing First isn't new. Um, You know, it's it's like most things. There's different opinions as to what the best solution is. especially when it's such a complicated issue. You can't you can't have one program and think it's going to work everywhere or in every city or for every person. And so um, what works the best is always just being flexible enough to go, okay, well, this program is great and it works for this person, but we need something different for this person. And that's where we're unique because um, our funding, we raise a lot of our own money with our social enterprises and things, so we can, we have that ability to be really flexible. Um, but... Uh, yeah um, it
1: is in other places though it it is it's not new but
2: no dr samber
1: it's got to be the hardest way though doesn't it's not well i I shouldn't i don't know if i i don't know if i should say it that way because you're having success Mm -hmm. there's a lot of programs that don't have success
2: for sure um in the book san francisco that I, i was actually in san francisco while i was reading this book which was super interesting but um i think that um society as a whole, in the book he says, we've allowed victimization to become licensed and so um, the way I look at it is we've, our hearts and our compassion for people has said, you know, it's okay that you live on the street or it's okay that you are struggling with addiction or it's okay and we love you and so we're just gonna allow that. But I see it so differently. I think oh, I love you so much that I'm not gonna allow that and so we need to We need to recognize that the way we've been allowing people to live, and I'll go back to Skid Row or to the Tenderloin, which is the same thing in San Francisco, we need to say this isn't acceptable. Not because we don't love you, but because we love you. And this, we're not going to allow this anymore because we want more for you. And then all of our organizations and governments and municipalities and whatever, we all need to work together to come up with those better solutions.
1: You you mentioned you know, you can give to these organizations that are helping us give to the Olive Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what? Where else can people find more information about Homebase?
2: Uh, on uh, the Olive Tree's website. Okay. But also people just want to research um, housing first. Um, there's some great TED Talks on it by Dr. Sambaris, and um, there's some great um, different speakers from Finland. Um, but yeah, just researching, read San Francisco or uh, I love uh, books about human behavior because that's really what we're dealing with. Um, one of my favorite books ever is The Tipping Point and that doesn't talk about homelessness but it talks about um, why people act the way that they do and how you can make little decisions that can create huge social change. Uh, educate yourself on homelessness, and then um, use that information to donate to a program that speaks to you, or or how you interact with a
1: homeless person. Well, I think that's the whole thing. Is you, you, I think you nailed it on the head. Is we like to sweep the problem away, but if you look at it head on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I'm really impressed that you have such success. What what's the what's the end goal, Becky? What like there's ne- there's always going to be people on the street always right yeah what what do you hope you know is do, do people kind of graduate from this program like they're, you know you have put forever. me in this apartment <laughs> you, you know you've put me in this apartment you mentioned there's there was a, uh, a young man who went up to Fort McMurray mm-hmm. you know do people kind of say you know what I, I want to I'm in an apartment I want a house now I've got this job thanks for everything you've done like when do you say can when do you say yeah. goodbye to I them I mean
2: maybe they just get sick of us but um, they're in my program forever and, and uh, I love that and that's what it should be unless you don't need me or you move away or you're just sick of us you know they're mine forever and I think that's part of the problem in a lot of other um, uh, programs or the way it's kind of always been done is if you graduate out of let's say a treatment facility or a shelter or whatever it's like okay, you've done your time with us and now you're off and now they're on their own again. And right. some programs definitely have like aftercare or second stages or those sorts of things, but um, sometimes it's just the stress of it that can, can undermine someone's success. So they're mine forever, unless they don't want me to be.
1: <laughs> we, we talked to um, uh, uh, some business owners downtown mm-hmm. and they had expressed, of course, that they're concerned with the homeless downtown. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been, you've been to Skid Row, you've mm-hmm. been to Tenderloin, you've been, I know you've been other places. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been afraid?
2: No. Like, would, I, you, would
1: you ever suggest, like...
2: No, I've been asked that a lot. I'm 5'3", I'm a little, I, there's nothing to me. I would be in trouble if there was a bad situation, but um, when, when we were in Skid Row, we weren't allowed to be there unless we were surrounded by the veterans group, and so you don't go into things foolish. Right. But I've never been afraid in my life. Um, once with the olive tree, I put myself in a bad uh, position only because um, I had someone who was upset and I didn't have an out. And, so, and I wasn't afraid, but I thought, okay, well, let's not do that again just in case, but no, I'm not afraid. And I think, you know, I, the homeless scenario in Lloydminster has uh, become something bigger than it probably is in a lot of people's minds. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be afraid. And if you are, I honor and respect that. And I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of issues going on in the downtown. I'm on the committee, I hear it all. But um, I've never been afraid. And we've never had any, to my knowledge, attacks on store owners or civilians downtown. I think that um, it is scary. And if people are struggling with addiction, it can be intimidating. But um, yeah, I I guess my experience is different than some.
1: Is there anything I'm forgetting to ask about home base, or anything you want people to know about what is what is happening in, in our community? I know oh, you, there's so well, many things. Well, maybe yeah, there is a yeah, lot I of know. things. But I know one thing is you've asked uh, the city for um, sixty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, that has been kind of passed on to the province with that grants you were talking about, right? Yeah, but if sure. anybody's wondering.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can donate uh, on our website. If you, we have something like the home-based starter kits. If someone's in their first apartment, you could donate to that and help us buy them a bed or an end table or a lamp or a picture for the wall or whatever that might be. That's beneficial. Always donate where your heart is. Do your, you know, have some knowledge behind that, but to whatever speaks to you. Um, But yeah, I would just encourage people, if you see someone um, struggling my suggestion is always not to give them money, but sit and have a conversation or an, have lunch with them if, if you have the time and the, and the space for that, but um, educate yourself. That's, that's what I've been really advocating for lately on the complex issues um, that our guests struggle with. Um, not that we should accept behavior that's not acceptable, but then you have a better understanding and a compassion for the position that they're in.
1: Anything else that you want to mention? that i haven't I thought to ask her. <laughs> okay well it makes me feel a little bit better yeah. too <laughs> we're not coming up with a question but yeah. i really appreciate you taking some time and uh and you do have a facebook page yeah you do have home baseball mr yeah. on facebook and instagram so if anybody wants to find out more information it's easy to contact y'all
2: or give us a call you know we've had the chamber reached out to us and asked us to come and speak to their board about kind of what we're doing and some advice and Give us a call. Ask questions. We love to chat with people about what's going on.
1: Have you have you had any people outside of the community contact you and say, hey, I've heard this is working for you?
2: Uh, not so much. No, not so much okay. yet for that. For Food Bank and other things like that, we, we get that sometimes. But, yeah.
1: Once again, appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: We'll be back with you uh, Saturday. The Lloydminster Regional Health Foundation is going to join us. And uh, they have Jody uh, Carrington coming to Lloydminster. We're going to talk about Dr. Jody and also Ty Smith uh, coming to our city on the weekend. And then there's lots to look forward to next week. Um, January, it maybe feels slow right now, but it's going to pick up a lot in our city very, very shortly. Uh, Thanks again to
0: our guest, Becky Shilley from the Olive Tree. We'll talk to you on Saturday.